بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه وموالا وبعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته That's your cue. Wa alaykum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I'm I'm sitting here as the thorn among the very nervous roses today um because we have the teachers of the Zahra Institute um which is an all ladies institute which is a bit strange because I thought they um so there's a few males <laughs> as teachers of the institute but other than that it's an all ladies institute um it's a full time institute as well but i'm not going to say who they are i'm going to allow them to introduce themselves so firstly uh, alongside me here we have somebody who's presented with me in the past on various platforms i can't even remember all the occasions uh, but sister faltin muallima faltin now um kif haluki and tell us a bit about yourself inshallah Uh, shukran. Um, uh, so I am Fatin and I uh, teach at Zahra Institute. I teach Sarf and as well as Quran. I was one of the students of the very first year that uh, Zahra Institute was in existence, alhamdulillah. Um, and yes, from there on, I never stopped being part of Zahra Institute. No, no. And um, your, your experience with Islamic education, was it? Was it only at Zahra Institute? Have you learned at other institutes, for example? Not, no, not really. Okay, so from from this from the very beginning of fa'ala fa'ala fa'alu to now making others do fa'ala fa'ala fa'alu. Yes, absolutely. And that, and you still sleep at night. <laughs> Subhanallah. <laughs> yes, that of is. course. Besides um, normal madrasa after school, you know, um, how we always used to, uh, how all of us. had madrasa after school no. so besides that yes no okay khair inshallah and then we have uh, opposite we have the uh, principal of uh, the zahra institute muallima uh, radia um <coughs> i'm just looking at her because we have a, a private joke we are call her the principal then oh, i'm the director oh i see Mashallah, okay okay she, uh, she's the one on the ground always alhamdulillah enforcing no. all the rules and making sure things run smoothly Mashallah. um but okay bismillah so i'm radia and i am a i think firstly a perpetual student definitely Mashallah. um i'm a mother as well and i think because of that um we are so invested in education yeah. and in just helping to shape the minds of of whoever passes through our doors inshallah and our own intern um so i'm the founder of zahra institute and mm. of kutri quranic elementary as well mashallah jayed and then manima <laughs> ilham on your left my uh, op- op- opposite me here today manima uh, ilham is the as you just heard the acting principal of uh, zahra institute and also a teacher there tell us a bit about yourself inshallah bismillahirrahmanirrahim i'm ilham And I enjoy being the acting principal at Sahara Institute. Uh, I'm a mom, a mom of two grown boys, alhamdulillah. And yes, I started at the institution in 2011 with alongside Fatin. So we were peers, the first, the first uh, students at Malimaradia School. Mashallah, that was 2011. Um, mm-hmm. So that was the first class. Our first class. I wasn't there at that time, right? No, no, no. Okay, so I I taught there for a while. Um, I taught, um, I think hadith first, um, and then uh, aqida mm-hmm. for a number of years to the students there. And then I just uh, became too busy. Um, but mashallah, it is it is a unique institute, in the sense that it is 
for ladies by ladies. Mm-hmm. Predominantly, I mean, there are some male teachers, but predominantly it is for ladies by ladies. So, Mu'alima Radia, this was your brainchild, so to speak. Um, can you just give us a bit of a... Uh, a walk through the history of the madrasa before we get and when I say that I actually mean a walk through your own history just so that we can understand how you ended up thinking of doing a madrasa because it's not it's not something that you just wake up one morning and decide oh let me open up a school so uh, give us some insight into that Minfadlikum Okay, bismillah. So um, I've obviously had uh, my Qur'anic career started at a very young age. Um, it was a recitation and a, a tahfidh career. So um, of course, I mean, reciting the Qur'an for all of those years and not knowing what it is or what it means is a very strange experience. Um, I do remember thinking about that even at a young age is that what am I actually saying? And I would like to, I would like very much to understand the meaning of this no. some, at some point. Um, I, I wrote it actually in my journal the, the day I completed that I, I hope that Allah chooses me to learn what the meanings of the Quran actually is. Mashallah. Um, so I think it was always a, a very big theme in my mind as to what are these sounds and mm. this collection mm. of sounds that we love so much but we have no idea what they are. Um, so Alhamdulillah that then uh, I completed at a young age and then I went on to complete my school in Kadir and I read for Fiwi Jazat and all the while still having that question as to what is this actually and what is this book and uh, Alhamdulillah then it was my good fortune to find myself at Dadun Naim with uh, Mawlana Ali Gouda and Mawlana Zakaria Philander at that time and um, it was really my mom who forced me to go there because it wasn't my first choice I did want to become a doctor it was, it was always my thing mm. um, I was accepted for medicine and I thought I was going to do that at UCT, but I found myself sitting <laughs> in Weinberg at that mosque. How glad Allah. aren't you that you didn't do medicine? <laughs> Alhamdulillah, very glad. I don't even like, uh, you know, allopathic medicines today. So if I had to do that, I don't even know where I would have ended up. I much more prefer natural medicines and homeopathy no. and such. So, yeah. But but don't you guys think that there's like a, that there's like a, a hype about being a doctor that... that uh, that it doesn't really deserve. Like it's, it, it seems like a prestigious career <laughs> yes, from yes. the outset. But if yes. you really think about it, it's not that prestigious. You have, you have to deal with, with, with mm. gross things all day. No, it's um, quite something, sure. I, I yeah. mean, I'm very grateful that I, I didn't uh, go into that. Melody Wood, Melody Wood, the doctors. Mashallah, Ameen. definitely. Ameen. Sure, they're amazing people. Something else. No. Yeah, alhamdulillah. So, so you, you were from the old school at Darunaim. Yes, um, yes. Because you were there when I was there, so that's yes. that's the old school. I, I call it the old school. I think the school developed, and you know the vibe changed, mm-hmm. and so on. Um, so, when in your own career did you now decide? Okay, you also want to now, you know. Yes, yes. Do this as as your teach, own career path, teach and, yes. and have a school. So so I completed first and second year and then I was doing the, th- we didn't actually have a formal third year, but we, we sort of uh, begged Molina and we didn't want to leave. So Molina put something together for us, alhamdulillah. And in that year, I was alongside my colleagues in my class at that time, um, Lamis and Dr. Zenit Parker, mm. um, some of them, alhamdulillah. And they had then embarked on the venture of Dadu Naim Linisa in Salt yeah. River. So um, I think that was the, f- we, we sort of realized that it was possible. Or it was, there was an idea where we could actually go and spread this mm. somewhere else. Mm. And um, that was quite big for me. I still didn't really think that I would want to necessarily be a part of that. Or I was still finding myself at that point. And mm. I was doing my degree through UNISA and uh, we, we were deciding on whether we wanted to go abroad or, you know, what it was that we were actually intending to do. Mm. Um, so we, we did go to Egypt for a bit as well. And I think with all of that, then what, what had happened then was that Lamise had asked me to fill in for her when she went on Hajj. 
And Alhamdulillah, uh, Hajj period was quite lengthy. I remember I had to be there for about two months, or like nine weeks or something like that. And um, it was my first time ever teaching Quran. I've taught other classes and I've done talks and those kinds of things. I've taught Revit, but I'm um, not actually teaching direct translation and tafsir. So I remember her telling me um, the tafsir Ibn Kathir is, is your guide. Just use that. Um, you know, there's English translations as well and Bismillah with that. I remember it was Surah Isra. Um, I had to teach that and I mm. came in there and I prepared I think for a week before that one hour lesson <laughs> as you know it uh, takes a lot of prep especially when you're new to it mm. um, but I loved preparing for it and um, it was just like a, a surreal experience and I think that is actually when I fell in love with teaching Quran no. and um, not not uh, just as in the position of being a Quran teacher but in just seeing what it does within the lives of others mm. and there were lots of young ones in the class at that time and some moms some grannies as well and um, just to see that all of them were able to take this on and integrate it into their lives and no. change their worldview in so many ways. I mean, they were making big decisions, who to marry, um, parenting decisions, career decisions, yeah. but the Quran was the guide through yeah, all of that. Yeah. Um, nice. And we developed quite a bond, alhamdulillah. And um, I, I then just thought to myself, wow, this is something I really feel I would mm. love to do. And um, I think that's basically what led up to myself and Khalil then thinking, what are we doing next year? Right. Um, so he was at Strand, I believe, with you at that time. Yes. It was around that time. And uh, we then embarked on, I thought I'm going to offer something full-time for ladies and to do the Quran course. And then he would do the, the part-time course on the weekend. And that was basically the, the foundations of where this had started. Alhamdulillah. Right. Khair, mashallah. So uh, that gave birth to Daru Naim Lizuhur. That was the, yes, yes. the startup name, mm -hmm. if I recall correctly, That's right. uh, which, which literally translates as the abode of bliss for the flowers. Mm -hmm. yes. uh, and I, when, when it started out, I was like, check it, this name. Like, <laughs> <laughs> mashallah, you don't get more feminine than that. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think the school was, was, was going for about a year or two. I, I don't even know when I came on board, but I, I was asked somewhere along the line to come and teach uh, hadith and so on uh, but what I just wanted to share this with our listeners and our viewers in that when I got there what struck me was the unique environment of the um, of the institute and yeah I'm not referring to the environment as in the the place uh, I was referring to the environment as in the the level of mahabba that you felt among um, the sisters for one another, like the, the love that they have for one another and the care that they show for each other and the type of transformation that ladies go through. Um, and we knew this at Daru Naim. We mm -hmm. saw that when women change, they, they change. Mm, like, definitely. You know, yeah. yeah, it's hardcore changes. So, um, I mean, we saw somewhat of a watered down version of that because it was a it was a um it was male and males and females present at the school and then we had the unveiling event which you were part of Malima uh, Radia and then um <coughs> excuse me and then from there at Zahra you could see like okay so when they are um by themselves they flourish even more because mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm actually asking the question. I so said, "Why is that? Do you find that there's something special when it's when it's only ladies, ladies teaching ladies, an environment of ladies? What is it that makes it so uh, different?" And I mean, any of you could answer the question. It's just uh, something that I've been wondering mm -hmm. ever since I came into contact with the school from the very get go. Mm -hmm. So, who would like to attempt that? Bismillah. Um, Bismillah. The principal has spoken. Inshallah. 
I think the I think it's because we're more comfortable with females only. No. So because there were no men on the premises, everybody could was free to ask anything and to share anything without having to um you know, put it through a filter and make sure that it was okay to speak like this in front of and I feel that because I was at uh, at uh, Daruna Im Lizuhuru the first year and then the second year being at Daruna Im mm. in Weinberg, it was a complete shift. Right. And yes. Oh, there was no second year at that time? We no. didn't have a second okay. year. No. So then you could feel the, the stark difference mm. because being alone with only the females in the class, you know, we could just let go and be ourselves. Mm. Say, yes. say it as it is, you could cry whenever you wanted to. Yes, and we do lots we of crying and laughing. At and okay. <laughs> Yeah. I think there's just no filter needed. So no. it's yes. like a you can just I mean authentic is like a buzzword nowadays, but mm. you can be your authentic self. Mm. Mm. And um I think also because we're able to to hold you wherever you're at. So you know whatever it is, even if the person's hijab is maybe slipping a little bit or right. even those little things, it's very easy for us to go there and just simply to you know to help her cover up a he or little things like that would, would make a difference. Right. Um, right. You can hug us at any time, you know, the crown no. our shoulders. It's a no. it's a very open experience, alhamdulillah. And uh, since I felt any new experience, do you do you have anything to add as far as the environment is concerned and what you found uh, special about that female-only environment? Um, definitely, Bismillah, uh, uh, just to reiterate uh, what Ilham and um, Radia mentioned that, um, you know, you could, you really felt um, that you were in a, in a safe space. And um, and also that feeling of belonging was, uh, was, I think you really felt like you belonged in 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 this group of sisters, and no matter how what the age was, because um, you know the the ages were quite different. Mm. It was really varied. Like some some girls would even be, um, du- it would be during school, and they would take a, a year off school and actually come to um, right. to Zahra or Darnaim Lizuhur, and some would be just out of matric. Some were mothers, some were grandmothers, and. Um, even though the ages were so uh, so different, um, you know, we really bonded. Alhamdulillah, Mashallah. and um, uh, just 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 to feel like that, you know, the, the the older ladies maybe would look after the younger ones. The younger ones would perhaps help the older ones with um, with uh, memorizing scales, no. etc. So yeah, just that that feeling of sisterhood was really awesome. Alhamdulillah. Now that's great. That's really great. And then of course I wanted to also touch on uh, the additional second year. So that took some that took some prep work from your side in terms of gearing the teachers up and so on. Tell us a bit about that, uh, the decision to expand and what you had to do in order to make that happen. So I think it was uh, it was very student driven in the sense that in the sense that the students were always complaining that uh, we should you know that we should offer a second year because they right. wanted to remain at our institute and uh, you know not necessarily go elsewhere. It's just I think out of familiarity that they obviously like to stay in the place that they've done their first year. So um, with a with a lot of thought, um, we. Alhamdulillah, we had an opportunity to approach it from a, a blank slate because we didn't have to do a certain program or complete a certain amount of, of outcomes, etc. Um, so we opted to make it a little bit more light in terms of um, of Arabic itself because we found that many of the students were not actually fully grounded after first year. First year is more like your, you know, your heart year and right. you're kind of finding yourself and who am I in the greater scheme of things and you find purpose. But within second year, it's almost like you just need to solidify yourself and 
to ground yourself before going out in the world. Mm. And um, I think it was from that vantage point that we approached looking at the second year course, really. So we obviously have our, our Arabic modules and we do Arabic texts as well. But the focus of it is not necessarily to be able to read everything in Arabic. Right. It's more sort of to understand the concepts and to ground yourself within the concepts, really. Right. So um, it took a lot of planning and brainstorming in that sense. Alhamdulillah, the, the teachers are always very open in sharing their thoughts. And um, I also consulted, of course, with uh, Khalil and with a few other Molanas as well. Mm. And um, we basically just tried and we attempted um, something mm. initially, Alhamdulillah. And obviously from there, we've changed certain things. Mm. And every year we find that certain things don't work or, you know, we have to opt for a different approach or a different text or just different challenges of the time also give rise to different needs. Right. And um, we're very open uh, with regards to making sure that the student gets what they need in terms of also facing the, the current challenges around them. Tamam. So um, it was quite a, I think it was a scary experience, but more exciting, mm. alhamdulillah. Mm. And um, also because we, we never promised that when you come out of second year, you're going to be this yes. or you're going yes. to be labeled as that. Um, it was just you as a Muslim walking to Allah, trying to find your way and you, you're making the near that you want to ground yourself further so that you can go out into your workplace or into university or as a mother mm. or wherever you are really and just to know truly your identity as a Muslim. MashaAllah. Yeah. I was actually going to ask, so what is your, what is your, you know, your, your gharad, your, your, your objective of the course? But I think that sums it up quite nicely, MashaAllah. Um, I'm going to go back to the principle now. Um, tell us about the, about the, um, the structure as it stands now, so a student arrives there at the school. What 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 are they facing? You know, in the in the years that they have it, how many years the subjects, etc. Give us a, a quick rundown of that, inshallah. So, Bismillah, the first year is like Ma'ali Maradia said, just focusing on the heart. So we only cover Quran. That's our main subject. Um, they start off with Sarf and Nahu, which are the two additional subjects to understanding Arabic. <laughs> And that takes the student from January up until December. Um, we try to throw in um, extramurals as well. Mm. So we encourage um, doing um, anything outside of the school in terms of promoting Islam. And we try to have end of term functions such as hikes and our famous now camps. <laughs> Oh, you guys have camps as well? Yes, we do. Oh, wow. So okay. we're only off offering that to the second year students, though, because it's a, it's smaller and more manageable. So when ladies do it, do they call it something different? We call it a what spiritual retreat. Yeah. Okay, yes, okay, yeah. <laughs> Thought so, because ladies always have a different name for the same stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but we do some um, active uh, games as well. So right. we had snorkeling, we had oh, nice. tried paintballing. And this year, inshallah, we're going to um, add archery into the mashallah. into the mix, inshallah. Amen. And then second year is a lot different to first year because it's the the amount of students is less. Yeah. So in the first year, we have up to one hundred give or take students that's online and on site. And then by the second year, this year we about I think thirty mm -hmm. between thirty and forty. Okay, nice, mashallah. Yes. So, <coughs> second year, we hardly focus on the Quran, but we try, uh, it's obviously brought into each subject. That sounds so wrong. I know. <laughs> but the focus is less compared right. to first year. No, of course, of course. Yes. So, then students are introduced to how how the Quran is then now filtered into your life in the different no. um, spheres. Alhamdulillah. I used, to, I used to take it as a, a, it used to be funny because I taught Akida yes. in the second year, which is a very... 
depending on how you teach it, of course, it can be a very daunting subject because, uh, you know, it, it's like for the first time you have to you have to like face what do you really believe. Mm-hmm. Like you've always just assumed it to be a certain way and that's mm-hmm. fine. But when you learn the science now, you have to actually think about it. And, and I used to be somewhat like aspirous. <laughs> You know, like push the students to mm-hmm. to to the edges of of what they were comfortable with, mm-hmm. but it was it was always a beautiful uh, a beautiful experience to see them develop and really you know take ownership of that and uh, mashallah the 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 type of aspirations that you see you know students who want to eagerly uh, develop themselves further read more um, the type of questions that 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 they ask and mm-hmm. so on and often. Uh, the young ladies are uh, matriculants, mm-hmm. you know, so they, 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 their minds are, are developing in a mm-hmm. way that uh, their peers, people of the same age group, they're not thinking about questions like that mm. at all. Definitely. You know, it's like far yeah. from their mind yes, to yes. think about uh, why they believe in Allah and how they know that Allah exists and how they know that the Prophet Sallallahu um, you know, brought this very same Quran that we have with us here today, and things like that. So um, it's it's really it's it's really um, what's the word rewarding mm-hmm. to be part of of such journeys. So what's the what's the um, the setup like now? How many years is there in full? Did you mention it's it's just two Still. years? Okay, tamam. And how many students have you seen through the entire? Uh, how many years are you in existence now? It's 11. 11. 11. 11. Oh, wow. Mashallah. <laughs> How many students have gone through the... Sure. Do you know that number of them? No. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably be over 500. Yeah. Maybe like between 500 wow. or 600 at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Subhanallah. Because the classes were much smaller initially. And yes. obviously after a while. I think it's grew. time for a reunion then. Yes, we... <laughs> it was slowly, slowly coming and... And then between COVID and everything yes, else, no. yeah, things got affected. But um, you just latched onto a lovely point there about just looking at the development of the student, Marshall. No. And I think that's really what what motivates one to to do this. Mm. Um, because I, I just remember even this year, I was doing Surah Fatiha and we were discussing the word Rahmah and um, how we translate it as mercy. And then I was telling them the problem with translating it as mercy and um, what are the connotations of mercy when you think of the word. And they were mentioning, you know, it's you, you think of like a high or a king who's going to punish a slave or someone who did something wrong. No. So um, I was saying that, you know, if you translate it as mercy, you're always thinking of yourself in the wrong. Mm. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always having to to kind of just overlook and pardon and forgive. Mm. Which obviously, I mean, to a certain extent, we are always erring. But to view yourself in that light is also harmful. So we were trying to unpack that. And then the student came to me afterwards and she says like, wow, like that changed my life. Just to know that Rahma isn't that. Because she said, I always did. I didn't like the word mercy. That I must always appeal to the mercy of a being because I'm always wrong. Mm. So um, just little things like that. You can see those shifts in them. And I think that's so beautiful. I think that's why we're there every year. It's just to, to witness that transformation within the student. No. And as they transform, we also transform with them and we grow. Oh, and learn. Alhamdulillah. Tell me about some of the transformational journeys that you've come uh, that you've come across. Maybe even your own. I mean, just wow. what have you seen in, in, in front of you in terms of, you know, a student coming there and they're being a certain way. And then by the time they leave, you're seeing somebody completely different. But you witness this entire thing happen before your own eyes. Share some of that with us, because I think that is... That's essentially what people want at the end of the day. Why do you sign up for a, a full-time two-year course mm-hmm. in Islamic studies? Mm-hmm. You're looking for something. And, and what are you looking for? You're looking for guidance because 
we live in a world that lacks that yes. so so you know when you see somebody receiving it and they are affected by it then people you know they they become they become aware okay there's there's this thing that's there and I can also get it so mm. tell us a bit about transformational journeys that you've witnessed and encountered anyone you want to go first or yes mm-hmm. i think besides the physical transformation that all the women go through which is obvious one that stands out the most for me what is what you mean by physical transformation like they all hijab. get fit no oh. <laughs> well that too yes we promote healthy eating mashallah alhamdulillah but um yes the hijab the you know the the loudness the way you act mm. not only in front of your peers but outside of the madrasa and things like that but for me especially with the younger students is seeing the level of confidence mm. increase and that is beautiful mm. so when we meet up with alumni or students who started post matric and you meet them now as young women who have you know uh, went on to a career or mm. um got married have children and you see how confident they are compared to the frail young girl who started off quiet too shy to speak no mashallah so that's really beautiful um to, definitely to witness and to have been a part of alhamdulillah mm. no alhamdulillah tamam something also bismillah that um uh, uh, that is also quite awesome to witness is how uh, the perspective just changes and um definitely i've been through that as well alhamdulillah so that is really amazing you know when you uh, have some when you, when you hold certain um <coughs> ideals as you know you know this is very really important in my life and this is what i'm going to go for and then you learn um to look at the bigger picture and then the then their perspective changes mm. or our perspective changes change alhamdulillah and um that's really beautiful to really um really feel how um they're part of a bigger picture mm. and and um you know the, our worldly lives are are, are transient alhamdulillah mm. so mm. J- just realizing this and and things that they that they the, the goals and aspirations for example for mothers um i have been through this as well you know we you want certain things for your children and then that changes when you realize um what the world we're living in and um uh, and and the steam that we need to preserve mm. subhanallah so um that's really beautiful to really see how Mashallah. that perspective changes mm. interesting um <clears throat> something that strikes me is that uh, many of your of your students are mothers and uh, you know we were actually having a conversation just before this about how uh, women tend to be you know more eager to do things in the mornings because by the time they get to the evenings they lights up now i i can be witness to this i've seen this um so how do you how does a how does a mother let's say a mother of uh, two or three even one how does a mother manage to pull off uh, a two year full time course in this day and age like You mean as a How? student coming in and no. coping with the load of it. No. So yeah, we've also grappled with this a lot over the years. Um it's been always because you don't want to impose, you know, things on them that's going to cause anxiety or stress, mm. but you want them to be the to get the baraka and the benefit no. of the course. So we've opted to create different streams. So you uh. either opt for stream A or B. So the stream A student would have to complete all tasks and tests and such. Right. And the stream B students and we also stream A students all the under 25s, 25, 23. Eh? 23 they have to stream A. So if you're younger, you okay. have to choose stream A unless you motivate for other reasons that right. you, you can't do it. But we we want to encourage the young ones to 
to okay. use that energy that they, they've used in matric and to also bring it no. um, to the course. But then you have stream B students who are not actually, they don't have to do anything. So mm. if they just want to attend and sit in the class, <laughs> they and don't have to do it's fine. They don't have to do any <laughs> tests and, right. and assignments because yeah. it stresses so them So it's out. like a mustamia type of thing. You know, yes, somebody yes, that's yes. sitting for tabarruk, but yes. they're not going to be considered a graduate of the institute at the end of the day. Yes, so they receive obviously, you know, just a certificate to say no. they've gone through this or they've participated in listening to the full Quran, no. but they haven't necessarily, you know, written the test and such. And right, actually, yeah. right. It's they almost like at, at university they got this funny thing uh, where if you graduate and you didn't pay your fees, then you, they, they give you a graduation ceremony and they give you an envelope and everything, but inside the envelope, it's just like a notice to say that you still owe so much fees. So there's no certificate in there. I didn't experience this, but I was told before the time, look here, make sure you pay your fees up front because you're going to get your graduation certificate and it's not going to be a certificate. It's going to be like a, you still owe so much fees. But our stream B student no, is not like that. that. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> no, and I think that's part. also the thing is that it's like, it's, we also encourage them to, to rid themselves of that notion of only if I get that mark, then I'm successful. Did so I? yes, we try to work hard because of course we want to nurture the ones who are also strong academically to mm. become the, the tutors and the teachers inshallah no. but also I mean that's not the real result so we're Come also on. trying to remove them from that because oh mm. sure Mark causes so much stress mm. and it would actually cause someone to register just because of that Yeah. so yeah. We, we kind of have to work against all of those those notions no, it's, it's, a, it's a very it's a very challenging thing I don't know students are somewhat allergic to examinations yes, yes. Um, okay. yeah and then they get sick mm -hmm. but I you know I'm going to go back to the transformation mm -hmm. I want each one of you to think of the most outstanding transformation that you've come across or that you've witnessed. You don't have to mention the person's name, but just give us an idea of uh, what exactly takes place in uh, this type of environment and in this type of system. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we start with the principal again. <laughs> I like this. That's like your nickname <laughs> now. Okay. Shukran. I want to give me a badge. No, <laughs> the principal. Um, sure. It's like going through 500 cases. Mm. Um, I don't know. Offhand, um, one student went on to uh, become a hafizat in, I think, three years or less. And just went on to become phenomenal as a student. And then still also study, um, I think, psychology. I'm not sure what. And still currently a student and teacher Mashallah. and just does so much. SubhanAllah, the amount of barakah Allah put in a time. Are you talking about our student overseas? Yes. But I think you must mention Aniyah and where it started. Bismillah. So I think just that particular student, what was interesting was that she was there like any other student with a, she had highlights in her hair still, I remember, you know, she was, she came with that and, you know, she was really, uh, it was really different. I'm mean, not going to mention names, of course, so it's okay. Um, yes. <laughs> and uh, subhanAllah, like she was just like your typical matriculant right. um, in every way, you know, mm -hmm. grappling with modernity and like, right. where do I see myself and all of that? And then um, it was my birthday, I remember, Mali Malam threw a, a lovely party and Mali Malam threw a party for me Stop and we sat us. and we were doing all of our intentions and then she said she wants to intend to actually become a hafidah but it was so different from the path that she was currently on it mm. wasn't like something you'd expect like some some people you know you know that's mm. the the direction no. they're going to head in and she said she wants to make this intention because she feels inspired by this and um subhanallah i mean many people say that and they make the intention she then started the next day i think it was with a part-time class mm. and um after that mashallah i mean she became hafidah like in, wow. in two years three years it was yes. and she went on to do a 
ijazat. I mean, she's now sure. in the field of kiraat, you know, uh, mashallah. Amazing. So just to see like from that near where it went all the way. I think that, that's amazing. Subhanallah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Mashallah. I think I know the students. Obviously, I'm not going to say either, but I think I do know the students. Um, and yourself, actually, Mani Maradi, that was cheating. That was sorry, sorry, that sorry. wasn't that wasn't your story. <laughs> <laughs> but by all means, a uh, story of transformation that stands out for you. Sure. So um, it's really hard. <laughs> I have to think a bit about it. What I, what I can uh, what I can relate is my own experience, <clears throat> and um, I remember uh, first of all, as I was mentioning, you know how you 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 want certain things for your children, and you hope yeah. that they'll do this and that and etc. And um, that definitely changes, Alhamdulillah. And I remember before when my daughter was small. Um, and she used to ask me about death because she's now um, realized people die, you know, right. at the end of their lives or whatever. And she would ask me and I would tell her, don't ask me about that. <laughs> You're being morbid. <laughs> and, you know, afterwards, of course, I realized, you know, what an awesome um, teaching opportunity. Alhamdulillah. And, um, you know, we would joke about that. But um, uh, what what is it with small kids and asking about death? I think it's like, uh, it, it's amazing. <laughs> Subhanallah. Tazke also, she speaks about death all the time. Mm. So, so how did you handle the situation? Well, then, yes. uh, uh, before I was, before I, I studied and really um, uh, went through the Quran, etc., I would say, don't, don't speak yeah, stop about it. that. Yes. <laughs> You're being morbid, you know. Um, uh, but uh, afterwards, then um, I would speak about it. And and um, my son, my, my younger son, he was quite small when, when I did, um, when I started at Zahra. Mm. Uh, and so I was really happy to be able to share with him, no. you know, when he would start asking and, and, and um, I was able to, you know, speak to him about things that I learned, alhamdulillah. Oh, mashallah. Mm. That's great. My, my daughter was exposed to death, I think, from a very young age already. She's four now, so she's been exposed to death for at least two years because of the pandemic, Malataha mm. passing away, yes. um, my wife's uncle passing away. I think there was one or two others as well. My my mother's best friend and cousin passed away. So this is like all happening around her. So mm. she's uh, she's been asking questions since forever. But now she's, she's come up with strategies. So she says, Daddy, um, now she talks about Jannah a lot, mm. right? And she says she dreams about Jannah and so on. So she says, Daddy, we all going to go to Jannah, but I'm not going to die to go to Jannah. I'm going to take the plane. <laughs> so <laughs> she's, she's, she's developed, smart. yeah, Mashallah. she's developed a strategy to escape death and still make it to Jannah. <laughs> Subhanallah. Um, yeah, the stuff they come up with is, is, is amazing. Um, so this, this uh, institute is for ladies, by ladies. And I want to touch on a somewhat unrelated topic, but I would love to get your perspective because this is the first uh, the first time we, we are hosting a, a um, ladies institute, so to speak. In the world we're living in today, it somewhat seems to me, at least as a male, it seems like the, the worldview that the Western world is trying to superimpose upon uh, our people, our ladies, me, you know, my family, is that liberation of ladies lies in them being other than what Muslim ladies are portrayed as. So like whatever Muslim ladies are portrayed as, mm. the further they can be away from that, the more liberated they are. Mm -hmm. That's the impression that I get. Mm -hmm. uh, I get the impression that in order for you to be considered liberal and free and liberated and so on, you have to be as 
close to a man as possible. Again, this is just the impression yes, that yes, I'm getting. Yes, I'm not saying this is factual. Yes. I'd like to know what your take is being uh, women, being students of Quran, being teachers of Quran, being teachers of deen. Um, I don't think any of you are being forced to to do anything, you know, to be at the school or to to superimpose a certain worldview on your students and so on. You have all the right to teach them. Look here, uh, hijab isn't actually part of Islam, which would be false. But you, I mean, if you if you wanted to, you could do that, but you don't. So, in light of what I just said, what are your opinions about the way the world is with women today? Psycho. No. <laughs> so I think that uh, firstly, like when you when you do actually embark on the journey of Islam, you do understand fully that men and women are spiritually equal in the eyes of Allah. And I think that already clears up a lot. Mm. And I think that already in that we we realize that we don't always have to be competing with regards to our roles. Because if I can't lead the salah and you can, that's okay because mm. I can do something else. Mm. And before you actually embark on, on the study of Islam, I think that your mind is actually more shackled in the in the guise of looking for you know this liberation. Yeah. And within your deen, you actually find the freedom of knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had set out certain things for you and there's no need to compete because no one is better. Because mm. in the first place, who said it's better to lead the salah? Who, mm. What makes that better than the yeah. person who's following mm. so um, I think it, it, it removes all of those notions of one thing being better than the other mm. um, so I think for me personally that was quite big and um, I think also you, you want to teach that to the students and you want to also show them the world of the of the Sahabiyat and of the female scholars and the things they used to do mm. and the way they used to fight in battles and they were poets and they were mothers and they were chefs and you know they were scholars they were everything mm. and um, I mean it's possible to bring all of that and to reconcile that into a feminine personality mm. it's not so where there are dichotomies and you know women are only meant to be doing this or that right. and um, I feel that for me personally that really it liberated my worldview on how I see women and our role no. and um, I mean so much so that I would sit here and I would be completely comfortable to say that I'm fine to know that I have to to, to remain sort of in the hierarchy like my husband is the Amir in the house mm. and then I'm the one who, who's mm. you know being led mm. and you understand it in the sense of how everyone's positions and pieces fit together in that puzzle mm. and before you embark on the journey of studying really it's really confusing mm. because you you're not sure what am I supposed to be and right. you know am I meant to be this should I force this reality of myself on the world right. and you actually you, you you end up faking things more than what you are really being real I or see. true to yourself I feel mm. um, uh, it's because we, we also run an institute together myself and my husband I can see that there are certain things that he's better suited to do mm. and it's better that I don't you know be in the forefront with regards to those things and it works right. out It's re there's really so much wisdom in the different roles that Allah subhanahu mm. wa ta'ala set out and I feel that if we are just comfortable to assume that and do not feel that we are disrespecting ourselves mm. that we'd actually see the wisdom unfold mm. but there's so much pressure on you to try and be this or be that mm. or you should be exactly as a man would and do mm. the things that a man would and um, you rob yourself actually of the freedom no you mm -hmm. know I, I'm just I'm so taken aback by what you're saying but I can't help but play in my mind the the sentiments that usually get expressed when somebody speaks, when a woman speaks in the way that you just did. Yes, yes. It's gonna course. be like, oh no, can you see she's not educated enough yes, to yes. know her rights and so on and so yeah. um uh, unfortunately uh, that's mm -hmm. how bad things are I'm sorry definitely mm -hmm. um, so sad but I feel that almost like if the world is okay with you know mentioning the species of falsehood so no, clearly and so outrightly absolutely. I'm going to say my, my reality and, absolutely. You know, and, I'm and, I'm, and not I'm even fear no. not even fear the backlash anymore yes. no. whatever else because I, I don't know we're so past that already no. I feel like there's so much work to do that 
just say you say and bismillah you know <laughs> excellent yeah. uh Fatin, I, i want to ask you the same question um in light of your own experiences you know what's happening in the world today you see the confusion i don't know if you guys saw the you guys see you see i'm so <laughs> conscious of these things i'm thinking oh, i said you guys i don't know if you saw this documentary <laughs> called uh, what is a woman uh i think it's brilliant i'm not saying it's permissible to watch because they do obviously show what they normally show in these type of things but uh, i think it's brilliant because of the educational perspective that it gives again uh, um you know people said i mustn't promote this because of the the views of the presenter and mm-hmm. so on mm-hmm. i'm not talking about that i'm yes, just talking yes. about the message of the documentary yes. itself okay so the premise of it for those who don't know it goes around to people uh different groups of people and different backgrounds of people and he asks them a question what is a woman and the so called liberated liberal university professors mm-hmm. educated people mm-hmm. um the elitists they have no clue as to how to answer this question um they they just lost mm-hmm. and he goes to a tribe in africa and he asks them and they're like laughing at him mm-hmm. and then uh, one thing that stood out for me in this documentary is the fact that he said this is a western problem mm-hmm. this is a uniquely western problem and that that was interesting for me and i was thinking like, so then why is it my problem why do i have to deal with this on the ground here mm-hmm. that's when i realized how western our society really is and and our constitution really is because we have a very liberal constitution mm-hmm. and uh, whatever happens in the so called west mm-hmm. be it uh, americas or uk um it quickly filters down to us whatever they're doing it becomes ip of us as well mm-hmm. so you need to be mm-hmm. on the ready so in light of all of these things that's happening um again you're sitting in a situation where you have you can control the narrative it's mm-hmm. it's you are a teacher at an all ladies school if there was anything wrong with islam and the way of life of islam and what islam portrays a woman to be you would be the first to pick that up nobody's standing over you with a I don't think so with a whip and with a <laughs> with a, a, a cane and telling you you know get into the into the burqa and get into the niqab and you must do this and you must do that uh, you have the freedom to practice your deen but you also have a certain ideology of what your deen is so in in light of all of this stuff that's happening just give us your insight your takeaway your perspective on these matters from where you stand as a as an educator Um I think that uh, uh you know in our uh, what at our school and in in our circles the the drive the encouragement is more to to actually be strong at what you are at um, mm. and um just mentioning that documentary that you spoke about um you know what was really uh surprising and 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 significant to me also was you know when when the when one of the interviewees um took great offense at being asked what is the truth mm. and um subhanallah yes and and you know um we were actually speaking about it in class the other day and um speaking about that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it so clear that this is the truth there is one truth and that mm. is the truth and um you know there is no need to actually try and um clothe it and 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 um you know uh, uh just confuse it actually with 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 all the other things that's going around in this world because there's really only one truth and once you actually realize that and accept that then it makes things so much clearer and mm. and you can really become strong in who you are truly and and what you are doing subhanallah uh i i want to change the the question slightly mm-hmm. and that is because um 
you know, when I studied the Quran in my first year, that was 2007, no, 2006, 2006. Oh. So at the time, I was surprised that this book offers guidance mm-hmm. that, that's applicable, that's relevant to me. But that was 2006. Mm-hmm. It's now 2022, right? It's post-pandemic. It's a world in which people don't know what a woman is. It's a world in which young kids uh, in primary school, I was reading a book to Tazkia the one night, and then um, it's a book about like family re- relations. So she goes to the library, she takes like 30, 40 books, she comes home, and then that's her bedtime stories okay. for the next like two or three weeks until she exhausts all that book and we go, we get other books. So we don't scrutinize the books before the time. I read the books to her, so then I get to scrutinize the book. And I turn the page of this one book about family relations, and it speaks about and my uncle's boyfriend. Oh, gosh. And then I was like, really? Mm. A book for a four-year-old? Mm. That, that's, that's ridiculous. That age? So in this world, do you still genuinely see the Quran offering guidance to young men, young women, through the confusion of the times? Can you still attest to the fact is it still, does it still hold true that fihi uh, huda, you know, in it is guidance? Does it really offer people a way out of the confusion of our times, in your honest opinion? Yes, of course, most definitely. And like Fatin said, even if you look at our own development post, before, before studying Quran, I was definitely, I would have considered myself a feminist, always no. strong, stood up for women's rights and equality. And after studying Quran, you realize that that shift and it's a real shift that actually takes place. And subhanAllah, alhamdulillah, Allah blessed me with sons. And you realize that this attack is also on masculinity. Mm. And so for me to raise them in a manner where they are, are manly mm. in a sense, you know, and that I think that is also part of the, the difficulty women face today is that we, we baby our sons for too long mm. a time. Mm. You know, when they start growing facial hair, they are promoted to shave because look how you look. Mm. You know, you demaka and, yeah. you know, clean shave. Mm. You know, and that is contrary to the sunnah mm. and to start implementing the sunnah. And the Quran clearly tells us all the time over and over, a man is not a woman. You know, Allah makes that distinction. Mm. We learn it in sarf, we learn it in nahu, mm. you know, masculine and feminine. Mm. And yes, the defin- the message definitely comes out very clear and very um, unconfusingly that we are different and that's okay. Mm. It's okay. And also to promote equity more than equality. I think that's also a big um, lesson that comes out with the Quran in all spheres, not only in gender. Mm. So I'm very grateful um, that Allah chose us and I was I wasn't as young as everybody else who studied Quran. I was in my early thirties with a, with a family, and then to go through that mind shift and that change is is like awakening. Mashallah. Alhamdulillah. And then to also um, ask Allah to grant you that ability to make the changes that you mm. that you realize. Look, yeah, Allah's telling me to do this, and then to give you that ability to not be afraid to go and do it. Mm. Yes. No. 
excellent, subhanAllah. And again, those voices are playing in my head about, oh, okay, so I definitely don't need, I'm, I don't want to go study then because look, she used to be liberal and she was a feminist yeah. and then she went to go study Quran and there were those males. And I became those a feminist. Ma- and the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then she became indoctrinated. Uh, it's unfortunate and, and I don't I don't even like to entertain these narratives yes. because I, I'm quite tired of it. Uh, but the reality is that these are issues that people grapple with in the ground. And again, when, when like the Prophet Sallallahu said that <laughs> the fitan will come like uh, darknesses of the night. Mm. <laughs> Forget the exact words, but uh, we, we certainly have been witness to this for the past couple of years, the past couple of decades. Um, so now I, I want to to round off that discussion with, okay, so in light of everything that we discussed and the way that things are going now, what would be what would be your your primary drive for people, for ladies specifically, to come and study at Zahra? I mean, they could choose a variety of other institutes and so on, and mashallah, whichever they do choose, that would be great, you know, as long as yes. people gain knowledge. But what is the appeal for studying at Zahra? Um, can you give us a, a perspective on the unique flavor that Zahra brings to the table for the student who's trying to decide, inshallah. Inshallah. So um, I think the one of the first words that we must mention when we think of Zahra um, is safe space. Mm. It's really a safe space for you to enter and to, to come with what you have. Uh, you know, you don't have to be a certain way before you come. And I think that's, <coughs> that's important because people often fear embarking on a journey and I need to first be in this, you know, I need, I need to be changed or I need to have more of this in my personality no. or less of that in my temperament, more Islamic, more pious. And I think it's really to, to I mean, our motto says nurturing the light within. Mm. And you do come with the light, even if you don't see it or, you know, if it's speedy deep under the, with what whatever struggles you've gone through, any traumas that you faced, it's really to come as you are and to allow yourself to sort of just relax within mm. the word of the Quran. Mm. Because at the end of the day, that's what it does, is it offers you a chance to just sit back and to realize that you aren't actually in charge of everything. Mm. And I think for women also, we, we big planners, so we like to plan everything and to every T you have things sorted and it's tiring mm. to know that you have all of these things under your control almost, so no. to say. And you learn that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-mudabbir, you know, he's the planner, He's going to take charge of everything mm. and do it all. And you just actually need to let your life unfold and to know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala holds you um, in place, mm. emotionally, physically, psychologically, in all ways. Yeah. So um, I, I would think that, inshallah, that we always continue mm. to offer that safe space for, for mm. our students, inshallah, to come as you are mm. and to allow the, the journey of Quran to unfold and to then see what you come out as on the other side, subhanallah. Yeah. Because, I've, I mean, you, the transformation stories, I, did, I don't think I shared mine, but one that came to mind and um, it was of a, of a particular student but it's such a it's a common story it's a common narrative that mm. we see so um, you know a student comes in and they've perhaps had the how we call them you know your, your days of jailia right. and they've embarked in certain things and um, they've done certain things that they're not proud of and right. just how they come in with all of that weight and all of that trauma of mm. things that they were mm. exposed to and the lifestyle that they were leading and um, I mean just to, to see that firsthand is amazing like how that person can come in and just be that person and not they, they wonder how do I get out of this right. and then at the end of that two year cycle you actually see how they come out on the other side mm. and it's a completely different person and um, also just how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives these you know sometimes we're broken inside and we've been through certain things that are traumatic right. and how Allah gives them beautiful 
partners and they raise beautiful families and they do amazing things. Mm. But just to know where they came from and what mm. they actually did first yeah. and just how far removed they were from the Quranic personality. Um, it's amazing to see that on the other side. Nice. So, um, inshallah, our hope is that we'll always open our doors to all women just looking for some purpose and for some clarity yeah. and um, also just to know that there are other women who have your back. Mm. I think we need that in this day and age. Mashallah. There's so many competitions and turf wars and, you know, I'm a bitter mm. mother. I pack bitter lunches if you're in the mothering you know, realm, that's the thing. If you're in university, there's other battles you're fighting. Yes, and just know. to know that you can just relax and we all want good Ajit. for one another. And it's really that you know, mm. that building must be built and one part is going to strengthen the next. Mm. Um, and I feel that if our institute is always blessed with, with teachers who also are like this, mashallah, our staff are beautiful in the sense that their hearts are so pure mm. and so clean, you know, from one person to the next. Mm. I feel like if the I feel like you can only say that now because I'm not there anymore. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I'm sure you know <laughs> you were all, also a part of that Alhamdulillah and um, the students spoke very very highly of your lessons and just now, to not to, just to, to actually to get the, into the, that the, concept this, your of your staff compliment Allah. your staff compliment <laughs> on a serious note you, you've got uh, mashallah I can attest to the fact that the teachers you have uh, they are not teachers who are there to earn a salary they are teachers who are there because they are passionate about Definitely. the develop the development of the students and the and the education uh, and the the uh, the progress within the specific fields of interest. And they mm -hmm. come there and they teach with with passion Definitely. and they they teach with a lot of love and respect. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that firsthand. And um, I would I would also add to the sort of the appeal of Zahra that you are going to be taken by the hand so to speak and uh, you're not going to have to you know take this journey alone you'll have mm -hmm. I don't know like five uh, five hundred other uh, yes. talibat you know seekers mm -hmm. of, of, of sacred knowledge with you so mashallah alhamdulillah see what I did there I just stopped you in your tracks <laughs> <laughs> mashallah um, I, I also want to I also want to come back to um, the there was a point that, that I was hanging on um, now it, it if 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 a student wants to come and she uh, she's worried about intensity, not intensity of of the lessons or the level of knowledge, but she's worried about the intensity of of this life. Man, she looks at 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 you guys and she's like, they look like they like they bias, you know, because this is a thing. Mm -hmm. uh, they look like they they strict or they look. You don't look like that. I'm just saying mm. other people's perspectives. Mm. They look like they are too hectic for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm specifically saying this because there are there are ways that women enter into the realm of uh, Islam, so to speak, through practice of Islam. And it does become like that. Mm -hmm. It becomes overbearing. And when you are a mother or a daughter or you know you have a busy schedule, then you see how they take on so much it's, it's more than they can chew mm. and then Islam becomes a source of dismay for them it becomes a source of stress and burden because it's like you know they, mm -hmm. they, they put the bar so high upon mm -hmm. themselves they must do this and they must do that and it must be so much of this and so much of that and and a lot of it is I mean it's all good but a lot of it is supererogatory so it's not priority mm -hmm. um if a lady has this uh, perspective, what 
what can she expect from Zahra? Is it going to be that type of boot camp, Iman type of boot camp where you come in and it's like, right, everybody, you know, mm. tighten your hijabs type of thing. Uh, how, do you, how do you deal with that? How do you strike a balance with that? Um, I'm just thinking now, you know, that uh, what is actually so beautiful about being in um, in this environment is that you know, obviously um, our lives are not static. Our, our, our development is not static. No, absolutely. And um, some days we have holy days, holier days than no. others, alhamdulillah. And um, I think all the teachers, they, they share that with students as well, um, for the, with the, uh, about themselves as well. So mm. that um, the students have a feeling of the humanness of, of right, the teachers right, as well right. and mm. of each other. And that, um, you know, we don't uh, have to place these, um, these crazy... Uh, um, sort of standards on each other mm. because we rather are there to help each other, yeah. you know. And um, and what is also really great is that when we do um, the extramural activities uh, mm. that Wani um, Mainham mentioned, that um, you know students can also see how much fun we can have as right. Muslims, you right. know. And right. um, we can really have fun. We can play games and you know some, for example. Um, uh, I, I remember a netball game. Yes. <laughs> when some of us, some, I'm not going to mention names, are very competitive. <laughs> and some are not. <laughs> so, um, so you know, they can see how much fun it is to, to be able to just do things or even just play games like maybe 30 seconds or whatever the mm. case may be. Mm. And um, we can do all of this um, as Muslim women and 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 still um, loving and 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 just mm. relaxing and being comfortable in our deen as Muslim no, women. No, mm. I think uh, it's important that people know that Islam isn't just about you know uh, turning blue in your face because of all of the ibadah that you're doing. But it's it's about for me at least of late, it's been more about look, just stay away from evil. Mm -hmm. That's the most important thing. Mm. Make sure you have your basics covered. Yes. If you can manage that in the time we are living in. It's, uh, it's gold. Subhanallah, you're yeah, like absolutely. at the top. And for moms, sure, it's a big thing. Mm -hmm. Just like the mom guilt and, you know, I should absolutely. be doing this and I should be doing that. Absolutely. And um, this Ramadan, I actually shared my spiritual program with the students just so that they don't feel bad. Mashallah. Because I know I can only cope with this. Mm. And especially when my husband is on Yotikaf and I'm alone at home no. and I've got four little ones to deal with. I can't. I need to be mm. a, a, a human being in the house and I need yeah. to be happy. I need to be whole. So absolutely. I can't, you can't impose certain things on yourself that's going to harm you. No. And I think we're quite big on that and also in that great. in your ibadah there are different journeys that we all undertake so some of you are great at certain things some Mashallah. of you are very bad at certain elements so it's difficult for you then we focus on the things that you can do and your spiritual personality nice. as it aligns nice. um, to the sunnah inshallah excellent I'm gonna go with closing uh, closing remarks by everyone unless there's something specific that you want to touch on inshallah um, no. speak now or <laughs> <laughs> or, or phone me, or, no, no, or phone me later and say, oh, we forgot about that other thing. Let's record again. <laughs> it happens more often than you think. Wow. Interesting. Um, so, so yeah, let's start with one of my Bismillah. So, what I also wanted to mention, um, and and I think this, uh, that would be a good closing comment for me also, is how important the heart is, mm. the spiritual heart. And um, our, our heart really uh, um, drives all our actions, all our goals and aspirations. And um, when we when we look at our hearts and try to um, you know align that with what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will be pleased with, mm. then um, we feel ourselves so much more at ease, and um, mm. and and we can actually enjoy and be grateful for the things that we have in our lives. 
And, you know, when, when those trials and tribulations and difficulties and challenge, uh, challenges come about, and they really do, they mm. always do, mm. um, that we can, we, can, we can cope so much better because, because we have an idea of, you know, where our hearts um, uh, you know, are and, 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 and where this all fits in, in the bigger picture. Yeah, Rob. No, mashallah. Uh, excellent advice. The heart is the, the main thing at the end of the day. Tamam, um, we move over to Ilham. the principal. Alhamdulillah. Um, so I think for the listeners and everybody out there to know that um, the Institute, what we offering is Quran. Mm. And knowing that the outcome is not that all of us are going to fit in the certain mold and be boring and stuff. And that the, the Quran is actually going to enhance your personality. Mashallah. And that's, that's what's the most amazing about the Quran is that, yes, we are a lot of students and a lot of staff, but we all still hold true to our own differences, alhamdulillah, and we need to complement each other. Mashallah. So that's what's beautiful about the course, um, is that Allah teaches you to just be yourself. And in, ever, in whichever way you can, just be nice. Mashallah. That you learn that it's normal to be nice and to just be kind. Alhamdulillah. So may Allah continue to use us on this Ameen. journey. Amin. Amin, Ya Rab. Now to uh, the actual principle, Mani <laughs> Maradia, uh, your closing remarks, inshallah, bismillah. Bismillah. I think uh, just what came to mind, it comes to mind often, mashallah, um, to the credit of Mawlana Ali, um, would be one of the verses that really, yeah, I think he planted it there and it's always just been one of the big verses to me, which is uh, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذَّأَذَّنَ رَبُّكُمْ لَا إِنْ شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ I think every student of Mawlana's can remember, you know, he loves that verse, mashallah. And um, I think that just to realize that if we can learn to to sort of cultivate this attitude of gratitude through mm. the Quran, mm. um, things become so much easier mm. um, to count the, the blessings and to count the things that did actually go right um, yes, rather than focusing on all of the negative things. And I think also beyond that, it's also w- when the verse says that if you are grateful that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will most certainly increase you, it's also in the sense that if you have that attitude, you actually view life without that constriction and without all of that tightness and mm. um, all of that those things that you impose on yourself and it's almost like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants you that psychological vastness and openness to be able to deal with things better mm. because you're approaching it from an Ajay. angle of shukr and um, to me I would just make the dua that everyone you know just gains an experience of that through whichever you know institute they're going to go to whichever course they're going to listen to or embark on but just to be able to cultivate that attitude of shukr and of Mashallah. openness and of counting our blessings mm. because we surely have many and Alhamdulillah. That is uh, really remarkable. I would like to encourage the person, the sister listening to this and thinking, Mashallah, what a great institute. You know, sisters are so lucky to go there that don't exclude yourself from it, regardless of your age, your background, etc. The journey of, of, uh, the journey of the heart is everyone's journey. It's not for an exclusive group of people. Um, I also want to encourage that if you are sort of two-minded, you're not sure, because it's a big deal to Mm -hmm. dedicate two full-time, you know, two full years, so to speak, to study like this. Um, It's a big deal, regardless, again, of your background. If you're coming from matric and you're thinking about the the uh, opportunity cost mm. for example if you if you if you're older in life you may be thinking about all your commitments and whether you have the time or not um do you guys 
do you guys offer that type of counseling or not counseling, but like can people come to you and really speak to you about the course in, in greater detail? Do you have such opportunities for them? At Definitely. All? So um, they can just contact us and in whichever way we can assist, Bismillah, we're mm. always ready. And um, I mean, I don't want to say this uh, you know, to all the listeners, but we, we sometimes do have certain arrangements with people just to, to assist them in whichever way we can. Obviously, mm. that doesn't burden the Institute also unduly, mm. but we are um, we're very much committed to just helping people wherever they are at, inshallah. Yeah. So Bismillah, just to, to, to make that first call or inshallah. to just come visit us, inshallah. Um, I think that's the, the first start, the Khair. starting point, inshallah. I mean, inshallah. Uh, please do leave your contact details with me, the, the Institute's contact details with me, so that mm-hmm. people know how to reach out. I'll add that uh, to the screen, inshallah ta'ala. May um, Allah ta'ala take uh, Zahra Institute and all of our madaris Amen. from strength to strength. Amen. As the, the the saying goes, and also that Allah accepts the good work that you're doing. May it be sincere, Ameen. may it be accepted for his sake, may it transform the lives of uh, countless, countless people um, to 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 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what's what's so fantastic about when women study is that it affects an entire family. Mm-hmm. It, it, it affects everyone in their lives because everybody's going to be part of that journey, um, some indirectly and some directly. And what you have accomplished to date is fantastic. Um, it is evidence of the strength of our women. Um, it's great that it's happening. And we, uh, we I speak on behalf of the males, we are here to assist and support. Not that you guys need our assistance and support, but we sit back in admiration and we think about how uh, how much you've accomplished and we really are proud of it and we really say, Jazakumullah khairan may Allah increase you and reward you in all goodness. Inshallah. Till next time. Sallallahu ala sirina Muhammad subhanallah bihamdi subhanakallahum wa bihamdik nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilaik. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.